Welcome, Wildcats, to the Weaver State Weekly Volleyball Show. Oh, man, I'm still like, I almost said softball. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the Volleyball Show, guys. It's the second one this season. Uh, We are a member of the Big Sky Podcast Network, and I am your host, Colby Peterson. On the show today, we have uh, our returning champion, Elena Flory. How are you doing, man? How was last week for you? I'm doing so great. I mean, coming out of a weekend, three wins, being able to watch the girls in person at the Swenson. Ah. Great experience. Great start of the season. Happy to be ah. back. I'm jealous. It was a good weekend at Club Swenson. And so, uh, and you know, I had to watch it all from my couch uh, in Tennessee here. But, uh, man, it was great. And it was great to finally get some Weaver State volleyball back and see the team kind of how it played out. So we'll talk all about that in the, in the uh, second segment. But um, let's get to what's on the show tonight. So uh, first up for you folks, we're going to have a player interview. Um, We had a freshman win Defensive Player of the Week. And so we thought, what a perfect interview. So let's get Sane Katoa on the the show to talk a little bit about uh, her first week as a Weber State Wildcat playing against uh, some D1 teams. So we have Sane Katoa here, the middle blocker. Talk to us about that. And uh, after that interview, we'll talk a little bit about the weekend, uh, analyze a few of the games. There were three, one against... um, UC Riverside, the Highlanders, Uh, then hated rival SUU, got the dub against those guys. Always love that. And then finally, the the nail biter. I'd call it a nail biter. I mean, it ended up going 3-1, but man, that San Jose State match was, uh, it was something. There was a lot of energy in there. So we'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, but before we get into all of it, I want to encourage everybody to subscribe to the show, whether that's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. You can also find it on YouTube. Um, all good places to find Weaver State Weekly. We also are on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Twitter, one of the best places to interact with us, especially on game day. Uh, if you were on Twitter this weekend, you noticed that we were live tweeting, I think, two of the games. I did SUU and I did the uh, San Jose State. Sorry, guys, I didn't live tweet um, the UC Riverside game. I had to work. My bad. <laughs> That's okay. Same here. I mean, yeah. the game at 1230 was really hard to balance my lunch break there. But yeah, like no uh, no live tweeting. But um, all good places to interact with the Weber State Weekly team. And then, of course, the Patreon. You go to patreon.com slash Weber State Weekly. Support the work that we're trying to do. Hopefully grow the team, grow the content. Please become a patron and a supporter of Weber State Weekly. So, all right. All done with the intro stuff. Now we want to talk to Sane Katoa. Sane, how have you, how have you been? It's been your first week uh, as a Weaver State Wildcat, like we said, playing in the Swenson. Hopefully that was a good uh, a good welcome for you. Uh, a lot of a lot of good opportunities there at the Wildcat Invitational. And so, how would you uh, how would you rate your first week as a Weaver State Wildcat? Um, I think it was good. I really enjoyed it. Um, it was a good first week. I mean, we had a lot of games going and it might have started out rough on some of them but we kind of found our way and we're continuing to find our way as a team but i think overall it's been good for sure yeah that's one thing that i would say about this team early you know of course there's been a lot of hay made about the fact that you know there was a, a certain group of seniors that have now moved on uh we weren't sure what to expect um, it's a very young team this year uh, and so we were very excited to kind of see how things were going to work out and like you said there were some rough starts in in some matches but I got to say, like, you guys are already living the, the team motto and hashtag this season, which is hashtag resilient. Um, impressive wins. I mean, we'll talk about it, but that San Jose State, that third set, man, that was some grit to come back from that one. So we'll we'll get to a little bit about that, but um, just want to sort of, like, preface that by saying already uh, some gritty wins for this, this young season. So glad to watch it. Yeah, for sure. It was fun. So, Sonny, kind of like, let's start from the beginning. I mean... You are now a freshman, like you said, just very early in your college career. Um, came from Woods Cross High. I just uh, if you if you drive I-15, you see Woods Cross High all the time going to Salt Lake. 
And so um, talk to us a little bit about your, uh, about your journey. Because one thing that I noted this weekend was you're super athletic. I mean, you, you were playing middle this weekend and every time that you got set, you sent it and like it found the floor. Like they knew that they had to come over and block that. And if they didn't, like it was going down. Like you sent it always with authority. And so you probably could have played a number of different sports. You're super athletic. Tell us about why you, why'd you choose volleyball as the one that you really wanted to lead with? For sure. So it may sound funny, but um, in the very, very beginning, I started volleyball in like the end of seventh grade, beginning of eighth grade. I um, had just finished like playing soccer. I played soccer for like five years, not like competitively to say that I was good or anything, but I was like all about soccer and yada, yada, yada. Um, And my mom, she had wanted me to like try something new because she played a bunch of different sports when she was younger. She wanted me to like try softball and all these other stuff. But then she brought up volleyball and she put us in like me and my sister in some like rec team. And at first I was like, I do not want to play volleyball. <laughs> like I want to, I want to stick to soccer. I think I'm going to go big with soccer, but I'm glad I did it because I just loved it. Like it was fun. I was, I kind of like was good at it. So I enjoyed it right off the bat. And then it kind of just, at it. Yeah built off from there and then I found out about like I went from like rec teams to oh there's school teams and now there's club teams and it kind of just built off of that and then my passion just grew for it more over the years Terrific, Elena I want to make sure we give you plenty of opportunities to ask Sane some questions do you have some for her oh thanks I appreciate it I think I'll definitely have more questions as we go but Overall, I just loved hearing how you were a soccer player. I mean, myself growing up in Brazil, we were around soccer all the time. So maybe tell us, you know, what you enjoyed so much about soccer. Because, I mean, it's totally different from volleyball. You have more contact. You have more running. <laughs> so oh maybe tell yeah. us a little bit of, of how that, you know, impacted you growing up. Um, that's a good question. I started when I was a lot younger. So it was kind of just like, or even like back in recess days, like, all of us kids would just like go play soccer and it was fun. And obviously when I was younger, I don't know why I enjoyed running, but I liked running and it was fun to kind of get physical with girls and be aggressive and do that kind of thing. And I don't know, I just enjoyed it. I guess just being in a sport in general was something I enjoyed and it helps when you feel confident and able in your sport. So I guess that's why I enjoyed soccer a lot. Yeah, totally. Makes perfect sense. So, Sane, um, like you said, um, ended up picking volleyball because you enjoyed playing it, played at the high school level at Woods Cross High, um, actually played as an outside. Um, so a little bit of a change for you moving to middle now at Weaver State. Um, but I just kind of wanted to go through some of your stats, you know, uh, 2.4 aces per set as, as, a, as a senior. I think that's actually career. I think I did this career. Yeah, this is career. 2.4 kills a set, 2.3 blocks a set. Wow, these are pretty consistent numbers and a 252 hit percentage. Um, kind of want to talk a little bit about translating the game now up to the D1 level because playing high school volleyball is one thing, playing D1 volleyball is a different thing. And so talk to us a little bit about how you feel that uh, your skills have translated now that you've played four D1 matches. Cool, yeah. So I definitely would say everything's a lot more competitive and held to a higher standard, especially being in like Maya's gym. Like he holds us to kind of a different standard than like high school. I feel like his expectations of how we 
do things like and they're very specific like how like my steps are when I block or the zones that I run when I go up to hit it's very specific he's very clear and everyone's on the same page and he lays it out for us and like we all agree to it so we're all on the same page I think that's a big difference coming from high school there's different commitment levels within like different girls so that could affect the team as a whole but playing D1 and being in Maya's gym it's definitely nice to have us all on the same page we're all like skill wise we're all very capable to do the things that he's asked us to do and laid out for us to do so that's just what I would say about it of a star-studded class, probably, I think, arguably one of the best classes uh, recruiting in Weaver State history. We talked a lot about that. Um, when a lot of you signed, we were able to interview some of your teammates, talk to Brielle Rickert. Um, I think we talked to Rose, but um, yeah, I mean, when, when, when some of you all committed, everybody was really excited to see this group come in because the talent level is, I mean, you're already paying dividends, right? You guys have had an opportunity to play early in the career, and I think it's really going to it's going to really work out. But Elena, do you have another question for Sonic? Sure. I'll jump in right here and um, go off of what you're talking about, your high school experience. I think I would love to hear a little bit more. I, I hear you saying, you know, that the attention to detail is so big in, in Maya's gym, Maya, Matt, and Sammy's. And I would love to know if that's the main difference that you see, you know, coming from the Woods Cross Wildcats and then changing to the Weaver State Wildcats, if if the attention to detail is the thing that stood out to you the most or if there is a specific point, like a skill, it could be like how you notice that the girls hit much harder or that they overall more athletic. I don't know, just shooting some ideas up there. But, you know, the thing that stood out to you the most when, when you started practicing with this team. Yeah, the thing that stood out to me the most is definitely the attention to detail. Like, I feel like in high school ball, they don't, break it down as far as they've broken it down for us freshmen here now that we are here at Weber like and even film like we would watch film in high school but it wouldn't be like as specific the things that they tell us like it's literally down to like each step I don't know how to explain it but like it's very specific very purposeful and everything that we do has purpose to it and like the practices that Maya's holds everything is purposeful I feel like in high school there were definitely more days um like where everyone's kind of just going through the motions trying to get through the two and a half hour practice you know just kind of mindlessly going through it but like up here it's different you have to give like your 100% physical mental emotional effort every single practice and it's not only just like so that you get validation from the coaches but it's just because you're trying to build something with the girls and like your teammates and the attention to detail helps with that and it helps keep us all on the same page and all consistent upward slopes because we're definitely not where we need to be both like as like myself as an individual and as a team but that's what's going to help us get there is just being very purposeful and attentive to the details yeah absolutely that 
makes a lot of sense. And actually for our listeners to clarify what you said, it is at a level, a different level of attention to detail to the point where this step makes a difference. If you're moving to your left, if you're going to start with your left foot or if you're going to start with your right foot, that's something that we actually talk about in our gym. So um, wanted to clarify how Sonny was not exaggerating at all. And it's really awesome to see those things starting to make sense as they explain to us and we make those changes and see the results that come from it. So I think you made a great point there. Thank you. Of course. So Sonny, um, you've very recently gone through the recruiting process and I'm always fascinated by it, you know, whether that's softball, volleyball, we've talked uh, to a few basketball recruits and of course football. Talk to us a little bit about your recruiting journey. I mean, what we hear over and over again from recruits is the fact that it's all about relationships, that the coaching staff always seem to build the relationship with the player and that that relationship is often a deciding factor for them choosing Weber State over some other sometimes more flashier offers. So I, I was kind of hoping you might share a little bit about your journey. How did you get on Weber State's radar and, and kind of talk to us about building a relationship with the, the coaching staff? And then ultimately, the thing that you know you just made you decide to become a, a Weber State Wildcat after playing for Woods Cross. Definitely. So I 100% agree. Like it, and it was kind of not to like follow the crowd or anything, but it was definitely the same for me. Like the reason I chose to come here was because I felt like my uh, and at the time we had Kayla, so that's who I would talk to during my uh, recruiting process. And Matt, like they took the time to kind of show more than just interest in me as a volleyball player, but like trying to get to know me as a person. And I also, something that I really liked was they were super clear and super blunt about how they run things in their gym, the expectations that the girls are held to and like what they expect from being a player at Weber State. So that was definitely something I liked how honest they were. And it kind of like took the jitters of being on like a call away just because like, there's nothing really to be nervous about because they're telling you everything up front. So kind of liked that. And definitely I feel like they emphasize one because during recruiting, I would talk to like hop on a zoom with the girls themselves and they would just kind of give me the layout of like how things are here. And they were super honest. And one thing that they would emphasize is how they truly do care about us. Like as women off the court, not just like a player that they can, just use for their abilities and not really care about them as a person. So that was something that I liked because I feel like as you go into higher level sports, that aspect can be lost fast, especially from like a coach and player relationship. So I really liked how they all, and it was consistent too. Like every one of the girls were saying the same thing. Like they care about you and like they will push you to your hardest and like make you, do things that you don't think you can do and push you to do hard things. But like at the end of every day, like there's no doubt in your mind that they care. And that's something that I, that was a huge factor for me in choosing to come here to Weber State. Yeah. When I, when I moved to Tennessee, um, I started to really admire Pat Summit, who was a longtime um, head basketball coach at the university of Tennessee. And um, there's a ESPN 30 for 30 about her. And in that 30 for 30, they talk about the fact that, players that stayed in Pat Summit's program for the four years always graduated, that she cared so much about them off the court. Of course, you know, they were playing at the highest levels. They won national championships, all of that stuff. But, you know, she cared about them. And that's what kept so many players in the program. And in Knoxville was that Pat Summit really cared. And so it sounds like it's a really similar environment in Maya's gym and at Weber State, which is nice. Yeah, for sure. 
Elena, do you have another question for Sane? Oh, wow. No, I think she said it all. You know, the transparency throughout the entire recruiting process and the fact that the entire coaching staff cares about us as people, I think that that says a lot about the culture of the program. And that's something that's been like this since Maya took over. So I think she explained that perfectly. Um, I especially like what you said. I, we hadn't heard that well. I guess we sort of knew that, you know, you talk to other players as well that are already in the program. Like we've seen that with uh, some of the football players that we've interviewed, the recruits where they say, yeah, I came and did my official visit, you know, and I hung out with this guy for the weekend and, you know, did that stuff. Um, but I guess we had never heard anybody else really talk about that. Like nobody that we've talked about on the softball side has talked about that. So it makes total sense that it happens as well on the volleyball side where it's like, like I've been in job interviews where it's like, yeah, they're gonna hook you up with this person and you get to ask that person anything about working here and they're gonna tell you what's up. And I always, I always found those valuable because fit is super important, right? And it feels like yeah. coaching staff at Weber State cares a lot about fit as well. Of course, mm -hmm. they want to bring in players who are talented like yourself, but then also they're yeah. saying, hey, this is what it's like. Are you, are you down with that? This is an environment where you can thrive. The answer is yes, after you've been told that five or six times. Yeah. Probably a good fit, right? Yeah. Um, Sonny, I wanted to ask you a little bit um, about this young season because, like we noted at the top, you are a freshman, which, by the way, congratulations on winning Defensive Player of the Week in your first week in the Big Sky Conference. Uh, big deal. Amazing. Yeah. Um, but I think the thing that really surprised me and lots of other uh, observers of, of the program is that you started all three games this weekend. And so I was, I wanted to ask you a little bit about that because uh, a freshman who gets the opportunity to start three games, that's that's big. And I think that that says a lot about your preparation as a player coming into it. So I wanted to see, like, talk to us about your process and like how you prepare and how that has sort of served you already in this young season to be able to not only start, but had a good weekend because you won the conference defensive player of the week. For sure. So, um... I would say my preparation is honestly in practice. Like the girl, us girls, like we push each other hard. And like in our gym, we say that um, the starting set, cause like as we get closer to like games and stuff, it'll be like this, the starters versus everyone else. You know what I mean? And in our gym, we say it's the starters versus the second best team in the conference. So it's our team is pushing like, does that make sense? Yeah, iron sharpens right. iron, right? Yeah, exactly. I didn't know if I was confusing or not, but I think it's definitely in practice. And just, I know you were talking about like being a starter and getting like defensive player of the week or whatever and all that, but um, I feel like for me, it's just more focused on like the tasks I'm giving to practice and focusing on those things. And we're taught that like the outcomes will take care of themselves as long as you focus on the process itself. So that's something that I definitely tried to buy into the most. Cause I mean, it seems like it's working and I see the value in it. And like, that's what we're trying to work towards as a team. So I guess my preparation is just like going hard in practice and focusing on the tasks each day, whether it be this day I'm focusing on more of my blocking or my hitting or exploding out of my stance or things like that so yeah I think just not getting caught up in the outcomes but just focusing on the process that the coaches lay out for you yeah we've, we've heard Maya say that before and we've done a bunch of interviews with him he always says take care of you know 
things on your side of the net. Right? Yeah, for sure. Whatever happens, happens. But if you do the process that we prepare for on your side of the net, um, should be good on the other side. Take care of yourself. Exactly. It's about the little things, right? How many for times sure. you hear Maya say that? <laughs> Literally every day. <laughs> it's so true. So, yeah. Absolutely. One last uh, opportunity to ask a question to Sonny before we wrap up here. You know, I'm not super ready to move on from that last question. I really liked you asking about the preparation and Sonny talking about how practices go. I think I wanted to dive a little bit deeper on the technical side of it, because from the moment that you reported in August, as a freshman, in my case, as a newcomer, transferring as a junior, there were the skill, the technical things that the coaches wanted me to adjust before we started playing. And I wanted to know if like off the top of your head, you have something, whether it's like related to hitting or that first step on your blocking approach, if you have something that um, you really focused on that you you were working on deliberately during practice that you think maybe helped you earn that starting spot this weekend. Definitely. Um, I would have to say blocking. Um, I feel like um, in club and high school, at least from my experience, they don't go as in depth to teach you like the technique of blocking. I feel like high school and club level up until that point, it's all just about all you hear is like press, 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 which is true. It's obviously a part of, of like blocking. But when I came here, it's like your steps and how low you are and like jabbing instead of like it's all the way down to like not turning your foot you just jab and then you take a huge second step and things like that so that was probably the biggest um or even hardest you could say um adjust for me is like learning how to block like actually block and efficiently the way they want me to so there was that what what was the other part of your question sorry no that was exactly it just you know the technical adjustments and and I love what you said about, you know, we hear so much press because we really do. But there's so much that goes into it before yeah. you actually go over the net <laughs> to press. So I, I loved your answer. That was great. Yeah. Um, Sonny, last question for me, and, uh, and then we'll let you get on with your night. Um, we talked a little bit before we came on the show about the fact that you also, not in addition to playing prep volleyball in Utah, you also played some club. Um, a number of the of the recruits who have come in this season have playing club is very very common and so I kind of want to ask you a little bit about the club scene because it's not something I think we've talked about a lot on this show how is Utah's club scene is it one that is competitive um, in terms of like national ranking like how does how does Utah compare to other places where volleyball is the thing and everybody's playing volleyball you know like talk to us a little bit about the club scene um, in the 801 yeah definitely um I think Utah wise playing club is definitely like the smartest way to go if you want to get better faster not that high school isn't isn't in that scene but it's just kind of different because club you're placed with like similar skill level while high school it's kind of like whoever's in your boundaries is just in your boundaries you know what I mean so it's not really based on skill I guess in that aspect um national ranking wise I would say it's definitely Utah's growing in the national ranking wise I'm from club V and a lot of our teams um, like do rank nationally, but that definitely wasn't how it was before. I'm pretty sure a couple years back, like Utah is not really like 
taken as seriously when going to like out of state tournaments and stuff like that. But I think over the years, like as teams have gotten better and like different coaching techniques have improved over the years, like teams have climbed up the ranks. Obviously, like states where it's like Texas and California and um, like Kansas City, where volleyball is huge, like there's some gnarly teams within the club like scene. I think that's probably the value in playing club is that the competition that you find in club, you will not find in high school. Like you play some crazy teams and like you see things that you don't see in high school and then you learn from it and then you can build on top of your game with the knowledge that you now have. So yeah, I guess that's what I have to say about that. So you'd played for club V. I mean, I think a number of your teammates also played on that same squad, right? Yeah. So there's, Five of us freshmen, and all five of us played at Club B. Yeah, because I was going to say, I think we all played. Jada played. Ashley mm-hmm. played. You played. Did Rose play as well? Mm-hmm. As so a, Rose and Ash were on the same team, and then me, Jada, and Brio were on the same team this last club season. Impressive. That's awesome. Well, Sane, wanted to thank, thank you so much for taking some time to chat with us here on Weber State Weekly. Um, we noted that you know you guys are going to be hitting the road this week, uh, going to be taking the trip down to UNLV, which, by the way, if you guys didn't know, UNLV were the winners of the NIVC last season. Uh, that is the tournament that the Wildcats ultimately fell in to UTEP, which was a crazy match that the Wildcats did not win in five, which is a, a, a huge bummer. But UNLV mowed through UTEP, so that tells you the quality of that squad last season. So it's going to be quite a challenge down in, U- uh, down in Vegas this weekend for you all, but we wish you the best of luck because... Thank like you. Said, iron sharpens iron, man. You guys, are, you're going to eat it up. You're going to love it. Yes. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. Best of luck to you and uh, travel safely. We'll see you back in the back in the club, Swenson, real, real soon. Of course. Thank you. So, safe right. travels, Sonny. Awesome chatting with you. Thank you so much. Bye. All right. I want to thank Sonny Katoa so much for taking some time to chat with us again. Like we said, uh, it's good to get the, the freshmen on here to talk. Um, kind of the new faces of the program uh, with with so many folks leaving, you know, I had kind of like, I feel like it's opposite ends, uh, Elena, a little bit, right? Like we talked to Emma Mangum last week, you know, kind of a, a leadership presence for this team as a senior, uh, had a big weekend herself, but then the opposite side of that, you know, bringing in some freshmen, talk a little bit about their experience coming in. So both sides of the spectrum for the Wildcat program so far on this, on this young season. Absolutely. It's, it's awesome for us to start our season here in the podcast, having a little bit the best of both worlds. And it's just so great to see how both levels are with the same mentality. You know, Solani, I mean, they recorded in the beginning of August and you can just hear in her voice how she's she's ready for that competition. She's ready to grow and to get into practice and give 100 percent that she has mentally, physically, emotionally every day. So that makes me super excited about this season. I mean, they're just getting started. And I mean, we talked about this last week about how the schedule kind of ramps up to some really, really tough opponents uh, leading into the conference tournament. And so um, the way that things have started, obviously we'll see how things go. There'll be some, some tough matches this weekend against some good squads, but a good learning experience, I think for, you know, even if they come back three and three, those aren't, those aren't bad L's, you know what I mean? Like with as young as this team is, go and play some good squads, man. Go see what it takes. Because uh, I think it will Yeah, and it's it's about getting better. It's about competing. It's about seeing teams that we don't see often in the Big Sky Conference. It's about getting the exposure to other conferences, you know, seeing people, I mean, in the ACC and seeing how, how they are going to match 
our volleyball level. So I think it's super exciting. And I mean, as long as we keep our focus, we will know that this is a preparation for our conference schedule. So yes, we obviously want to win. We obviously want to compete at a high level, but it's about how much we are growing in in these matches leading up to the conference schedule when 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 it gets real, <laughs> more yeah. real, I should say. Yeah, because it'll get very very real. Uh, Absolutely. Well, let's, talk, let's talk about last week, um, Elena. Because you, you had, not only did you have uh, the chance to watch, you got to watch from the floor, man. <laughs> so it was a pretty good oh, opportunity. My goodness if you think the end of the third set was you know already electrifying just watching on the screen i i can relate to how you feel because last year i lived in texas for a year and i was watching them from my living room and would already get nervous but then to be able to sit right behind the court this past weekend wow it's it's a different atmosphere the swenson gets lit <laughs> and you can see how that really gets the girls to to come in clutch in the moments that they need the most so yeah. it was a great weekend for the wildcats yeah did they ever i mean i mean guys if you're not getting to club swenson for these matches you are missing out because it's a fun environment but uh let's, let's go through i mean so like we said at the top the wildcats faced uc riverside highlanders hated rival suu and uh, san jose state which was quite a match in itself go watch the replay on espn plus folks it's a good time um, but each I, one one trend that I kind of noted throughout each of those was that the Wildcats always seemed to start off a little bit shaky, and then they would get their feet under them, and you know, kind of figured out like that that San Jose State match. It was like, oh man, you know, are we going to be able to really hang? Like, are, have they met their match? Is this going to be? But every time they would sort of answer back in the second sets. Like, All right, let's let's get things together and then figure it out. And so. I wanted to see what you thought, Elena. Did you did you feel that was like freshman nerves? You know, the team just kind of you know just gelling, or is it something you think that we could kind of continue all year because it is a learning process? Yeah, that that's a great question. Um, I do think that the freshman nerves have a little bit to do with that. Um, we could see it, you know, from the very first match, even though they got the sweep at the end, the the beginning up to like the sixth point, I believe it was very close. Um, there is the, the jitters of the first game at home. Yeah. I mean, we're hosting a tournament and it's the first time that we are competing, knowing that it counts for our record and it, it feels different. Even though practices are so very competitive, once you get to put on a jersey and the crowd is there and you know that this is the beginning of the season, then I think it's very much normal to have those jitters in the beginning of the games. Um, I don't think that that's something that will keep going as as the season goes. But I also think that it's a very natural thing. I mean, it's the moment that first the, the, the girls, you know, Weaver State, they're adapting to the team that they're playing, you know, getting the feel for the match, getting to actually experience what had been said in, in the scouting reports and in film. So I think it is very normal. But I also think that that's something that gets worked through. The fact that the practices are so competitive, like Sani told us, you know, we get to practice in the Swenson, which most a, a good amount of teams that we that Weber plays against does not practice in the same gym that they play. So I think that's already an advantage for mm. that team, you know, and, and just the level of competition during practice as the season develops a little bit more. That's something that will naturally wear out and they'll be able to come out even stronger in the beginning. That's interesting fact, uh, like you said, that 
a lot of teams in the conference and in other places, they don't actually practice on the floor that, you know, they play on. Um, the Swenson is pretty much a dedicated facility for volleyball. We've seen some practice for, for basketball in there as well. I mean, if you've been in the Swenson, you know that there, yeah. there are hoops there. But by and large, Club Swenson is for volleyball. And so they have the advantage of constantly being in there, working in that gym, getting very comfortable with being in that setting, then just add fans, and it's a good time. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that was the first time that all of these newcomers, not only the freshmen, but also we had one transfer, they were playing in the Swenson. So there's a lot of adaptation that needs to happen. There's a, a lot of new pieces coming in and a new reality for the girls that were coming in from a high school setting. So I think that is very natural. And overall, they performed really well, given, you know, considering how big of a change that was for their volleyball reality. Yeah, I mean, there were some big moments where, you know, like, like think about this for the San Jose State match, you know, Ashton Adding is the one that comes through with the final kill to yes. win, the, win, the, win the thing, you know what I mean? As, as a freshman uh, playing outside, like it was just like, man, incredible. Just yeah. big, big, big opportunities for the freshmen this weekend. For sure. So um, another stat with the UC Riverside match that kind of stuck out to me and I wanted to get your thoughts on the squad as a whole. Weber held Riverside, the Highlanders, to a, a .059 hit percentage for the, for the match. Um, defense was big in that in that oh, set, yeah. or in that entire match, and so I kind of wanted to get your thoughts on: Do you think that defense will kind of be a calling card for this team? That like they will really be built around the defense, or is it like, well, it's more of a balancing act because, of course, the the, the offense can be very, very potent. You know, hashtag a state, of course. You know, <laughs> they can always get it done from the serving line. One of the best in the country at that. Do you feel like defense will definitely be the thing that kind of leads and anchors them, or is it more a balanced approach and it just so happened to be that way for that? I We definitely have to recognize that Weber State is a great defensive team. I mean, look at our blocking stats, look at our defense players. We overall have really good defenders and they're scrappy players. I mean, the image that comes to my head immediately is Kate Stanford, the setter, who was actually named the MVP of the tournament, was. just, you know, laying it all out, running over the the scoring table to go get balls. And, you know, no nothing was too far for her. And I think that that mentality um, especially coming from Kate as as a leader, um, being the center of the team, really shows you how much the team has that heart that it takes to play defense. I mean, we can talk about Kate all day, talk about how much she shows that she's worked so hard to be in that position of being a starter. I mean, she started at, she, she arrived at Weber in 2019 while I was about to start my senior year. And from there, you know, it was a whole lot of learning, a whole lot of, you know, not, actively being on the court but like Sonny mentioned being the the second team who was making our starters better so you could really see that hunger whenever she got to go on the court and show that she's been waiting for that opportunity for so long so she showed heart um in the way that she was setting the ball in her defense i mean getting blocks getting amazing digs aces so i think that that is a really good example of how of the character of the defensive system of the Weber State team. Overall, I do think it's a balance, but man, that that defense has got a lot of potential. Yeah, I mean, there were times last season where the the front really struggled with the block 
you know, wasn't there at times. And so it was just sort of like a, it was just a race, you know, because Wildcats didn't lose a lot of games last season, but there were times where there were struggles because, you know, the block was struggling that night or whatever. I don't think that's going to happen with this squad. I mean, it feels like there is some learning to be had, right? Yeah. Young, young players. There is a little bit of experience um, to as well on the bench. But, yeah, I think that so far from what we've seen, this is a team that will take care of teams that they should and that they'll be competitive against teams that um, maybe have written them off. Like, nah, I don't think so. Yeah. No, I think they'll be there. Absolutely. And it's a good combination of how, you know, our front row and our back row work together. We have our bigs, our big girls very disciplined and f- executing the game plan and listening to what the coaches have to say, whether it's adapting in the middle of the game or just through the scouting report in preparation to the match. And they're getting those touches, not necessarily those stuff blocks, but the touches that make it easier for the girls in the back row to position and to get a quality dig that leaves Kate and Rose in a position to deal the ball and run our offense, you know, in, the, in a stellar way. So I think our defense is, I mean, as a former defensive player, obviously I'm a little bit biased to be more excited about <laughs> our defense, but I think we look really good. Yeah. Well, um, so, we, I mean, one more thought in that vein. Um, since we just talked mm-hmm. to Sane, a thing that stood out to me as well was that um, she had, was it 11 blocks? 11 blocks in one game. I think it was the SUU match. I have to go back and check. But she had 11 blocks in one game, and, and I, I think it was the SUU match. And I wanted to kind of ask you, like, so we, we talked about the fact that she won Defensive Player of the Week, you know, yeah. right out of the gate as, as a freshman. Like, super cool for her to do that. But um, do you think that that was probably the performance that kind of sealed the deal for her to say, like, yep, this is it. She's winning Defensive Player of the Week. Yeah, it was the SUU game. 11 blocks in that game, um, whether that was assisted or solo. And so uh, do you feel that was kind of the performance that was like, yep, she's defensive player of the week in the conference? Like, that's what it is. Because there were some good matches that happened. Northern Colorado played, you know, the University of North Carolina. Um, They're playing Mm -hmm. Colorado State tonight. Like, they've they've played some some real teams too, but they gave it to Sun. Yeah. I think that match was – it had – a lot of weight you know on that final decision but overall i like how she started from from the very first match um against the highlanders very consistent you know she set the tone for the weekend she she made sure that everyone you know knew that she was there i mean she meant business so it was more like hey watch out we're just getting started so um the seu performance was amazing no doubt but overall i really liked her attitude throughout the whole weekend. Um, you know, we had a couple of moments here and there, like in the beginning of the San Jose match, where um, she, I believe, had like a couple of hitting errors in a row, you know, straight out of the gate. And she stayed aggressive through that. Yeah. You know, she kept her posture. She didn't let that, you know, throw her game off at all. And I think that that mentality not only you know the blocks and the swings like we had one reader here engage and say how um he took ibuprofen just thinking about the girls that were digging the balls and i mean (laughs) great input there because it her performance was amazing overall but i really liked her attitude you know you you saw her playing and saw that calm that steadiness mixed with how aggressive she was blocking and hitting 
I mean, it didn't look like it was a freshman play. So, you know, so I think it was a combination of factors that uh, made her really earn that award. It was well-deserved. Yeah, I mean, and, and when they would run it through the middle and they would set her up, I mean, those those kills were like, they were going. And it felt like San Jose State started to figure that out a little bit in the third and fourth sets, right? Because she had sent so many to the floor with such authority yeah. that they were like, we got to do something about that, man. And so they started to figure it out. But like you said, she kept her head up, just kept going, kept taking what, you know, Kate would set up for her and just yeah. kept sending it. And she had success. Absolutely. She worked out really well. Um, so we've talked a lot about the defense. We've talked a lot mm-hmm. about Sane tonight, but um, I don't want us to, to forget about Danny Richards because Danny, so the San Jose State match was an interesting one, especially for the outsides, because I felt like we had two, maybe three really good outside performances on both sides of the net. So, of course, Danny Richens tied a career high in kills, which I believe was 24 in that match, which is saying something against an opponent like San Jose State. But on the other side of the net, Blair Fleming had, you know, she willed her team back into it in that fourth set because it looked like the Wildcats were going to run away with it and just that was it, that it was over. Fleming had, I think, like a personal 4-0 run or something like that going into it. And wow. was just like, oh my gosh, like she is like just carrying this team right now. <laughs> and so it was like, wow, I mean, respect to, you know, to Blair Fleming uh, and San Jose State, even though, you know, Wildcats were struggling to, to block her. What do you feel, though, was, I mean, the Wildcats ended up, you know, winning the day and getting that set and, you know, getting out of the gym. What do you think was the key to getting around the SJSU front because the Wildcats did drop the first set, uh, 25-19, didn't go the way that they had hoped. And so they, they immediately adjusted, found the offense, got it rolling, and it paid dividends, especially in that third set. What was the key to getting around the San Jose State front? Oh, okay, that's a good one. I think we have a couple different um, answers that really helped Weber um, find that success after the first set. Uh, the first thing that comes to my mind is just the the capacity to adapt. So, you know, we started and right off the gate, we could see that San Jose's block was set. They got a couple of blocks, you know, right from the beginning. So we're like, okay, what is at the end of that first set? It's a matter of looking back and seeing what's working and what's not working. And at, in what moments were that was the team the most vulnerable. And you can really see the adaptation in the following sets. You know, in the beginning of the match, you could see a lot of the middles running that slide where they come, you know, almost hitting from the bright side of the court behind the setter. And that's when they, I felt like SJSU had the block well set up. And then afterwards, the middles were in front of the setter on that quick set, stacking up with um, Danny hitting from the back row. And that really threw their block off. I mean, yeah. it didn't matter if Kate was setting the middle or the middle back row. Um, we, w- we were still finding a lot of success there. So being able to recognize that the initial tactic was, wasn't was working, you know, we weren't successful after getting the first set and adapting was a huge point for me. But that's, a, that's something that happened last year too, right? That, that they had yeah. a lot of success out of the back row, especially when Rylan Adams was back there. You know, there were a oh, lot yeah. of times where she would send it from the back row and she'd find the floor, you know, most times instead of not. Absolutely. I mean, we know that it's, that it's a powerful weapon and um, 
the team found a lot of su- a success there. But besides that, I thought, you know, again, the attitude, be staying composed, staying aggressive, the fact that the their block was high and strong and got we were a couple times and that didn't change the posture and the attitude of the hitters. That's how you know that they were instilling that confidence in one another. And it's good to see, you know, that the team is able to make those mistakes and come out still with a really good attitude about them and, and not let that shake their confidence, especially with the freshmen coming in. You know, I think it's, it's easy to let that get to you and they showed a lot of maturity and handled it really well. And besides that, I think that the serve-receive battle played a huge, a huge role there. I think, you know, comparing the San Jose game with the SUU game, I think we were passed better from the very beginning. They were more stable in that pass, even through the hitting errors. I mean, I don't have no any numbers in my head right now to talk about passing, but that's just, you know, from a viewer's perspective, that's the impression that I got. So, um, you know, maintaining that serve very aggressive and keeping San Jose out of system at times made their very fast offense a little bit more predictable because you could see how, you know, their their sets are so shooty or so, you know, low and quick. And that can throw off our blockers at first. But once, you know, they don't have the perfect pass, then the sets become a little bit more predictable. We can slow down their game a little bit more and then finally stop <laughs> at the end when, when we found success and, and won the match. Yeah, it also felt like there were times where, um, and this is just a function of what, you know, the Spartans were doing, they would, you know, they would, maybe the Wildcats would have a, a blocking error, you know, or attacking error or something like that. So then the Spartans get the ball and then they would immediately give it back on a service error felt yes. like they, they killed their own momentum a lot of times. And when that would happen, the Wildcats would take advantage. And, you know, if they were down, they would claw back a couple of points to dig into that lead when they were given the opportunity to take advantage of those errors. Or if they were ahead, they would then build on it a couple more points to kind of like spread that out. Because there were a lot of times where these match, these sets were really, really close. And then there yes. were just critical junctures where those kinds of errors would happen. And, this, and the gap would widen because the Wildcats would take advantage of the errors that were given them. I think it just speaks to the resilience and the grit the teams that they have early in the season. Absolutely. And during practices in the Swenson gym, you hear so much about winning the serve-receive battle. So being able to really capitalize, you know, when the other team misses a serve, making sure that that the girls continue to serve aggressively and, and you know, reducing those errors as much as possible while still forcing a bad pass from the op- from the opponent that makes a huge difference and i think that that's a point where we can find a lot of success yeah i mean because if you're if you're getting them off their game you know they're gonna they're gonna struggle to run their offense which is fun with us um, <laughs> we're cool with that <laughs> yeah obviously we are um last thing and then we can wrap up this conversation is we talked we've talked a little bit about it already but the impact of the freshmen the, the, the San Jose State match ended with Ashley Knighting, you know, kill to tie it up or to put a bow on it and, you know, give the Wildcats the dub. Um, we talked about the impact of Sane Katoa at, you know, at ad nauseum tonight. We've talked a lot about that. Um, but we also talked about the fact that um, Riel Rickert, who was a, you know, high school All-American, honorable mention, also got some opportunity to play. Um, 
all kind of having their chances in big matches to show up and be a part of it. And so I wanted to ask you, do you do you expect to see Maya put his trust in the new recruits more and more as the season goes on? Because obviously there's a little bit of experience on the bench. But is it something that we're going to see a lot more of that more and more Maya's going to say, yep, we're going to call up some of these freshmen and just give them chances to just send it and play? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think so. Um, for many reasons, actually. The first one being that if if Jeremiah and Matt and Sammy recruited these freshmen and newcomers, it's because they trust them. So they would not recruit girls who they don't think that can perform when needed and that can really deliver when, when they get the chance to go on the court. So the fact that the coaching staff believes in these freshmen and newcomers, um, it it just shows how much um, they will be able to perform once they're giving that chance. So for sure, um, I do think that they will be seeing a lot of the court. And a lot of it is also because Weber finds strength in the depth of the team. So you could see, you know, throughout the weekend how there were different formations that were tested. I mean, we got to give a shout out to um, Charlie Bouquet, who started as a libero. I mean, also, you know, coming in um, after her redshirt season and being able to have that experience out there. I mean, the libero jersey, it, it has a weight to it. You know, I mean, it, it fits heavy. It's a lot of responsibility, especially knowing how much. Um, Jeremiah expects from his pastors and defenders overall. So um, the fact that he was able to try these different formations, both Charlie and Michaela playing libero and have them all deliver, you know, in their very first experience playing with that team, I think that says a lot about the team. And I mean, throughout the matches, you know, we had other changes too on that San Jose match when um, Bailey initially started, but then throughout the match, he brought in Brielle and, and she came in and she took care of the job. She she did great. So the fact that, you know, the coaches know that they can use these pieces, a lot of it comes from the competitive practices like Sane talked about, like we will probably talk about so much throughout this season. It's that preparation. So knowing that both teams, starters, non-starters, are giving their all, that means that they will be ready for whenever the chance presents itself. So the fact that they see practices in such a, a serious way really shows that that they will be ready. So I can see a lot of freshmen seeing a lot of the court this season, no doubt. Yeah, I mean, and of course, a unique opportunity for them, right? With, with so many seniors leaving the program, certain key positions need to be filled. We talked about, you know, Sané being moved from an outside hitter and prep now to a middle blocker. Yeah. You know, just that kind of stuff. It's like you have this opportunity because of this, the current state of the team to have those chances and those touches because you're going to be here. And so take advantage of them. And it seems like the freshmen are doing that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that's something that I think the expectation was set really clearly when these girls were recruited. They knew they had big shoes to fill. And I think that that really sparked even more of a drive to to give their all in practice to earn those spots. And you can see it paying off because they're they're coming in and they're delivering. Yeah, already. 
So uh, let's take a quick look at the upcoming schedule. Uh, we noted uh, in the previous set that uh, Wildcats will be taking the trip down to UNLV. UNLV is hosting their own tournament this weekend down in Las Vegas. So on Thursday, September 1st, uh, Wildcats will be facing the Rebels at 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. I'm told that that will be streamed on Mountain West Network. Uh, you can, my understanding is you can watch that online. I don't know that you can like stream it on your Roku or anything like that, but you can definitely watch it on your laptop or on your phone. Um, but then the, the next two matches, according to what I've been told, will not be streamed. And so Friday, September 2nd, the Wildcats will face St. John's at 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. And then Saturday, September 3rd, we'll be facing the University of Miami. This is Miami, Florida, Coral Gables at 4 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. That's going to be an interesting matchup as well. Then a little bit of a break. Then the next weekend comes Wildcats hit the road again, this time going to Southern California. Uh, a little bit of a, uh, it's like a dual site tournament in a way. UC Irvine is hosting and also Cal State Fullerton. So if you're a softball fan, you know about those two locales very well. But on Thursday, September 8th, the Wildcats will take on the Anteaters, UC Irvine, in their place at 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. No information on streaming that uh, on that yet, but we will update you next week as we get more information. Then Friday, September 9th versus Gonzaga, also in Irvine. That, that match will be at 1 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. And then Saturday, September 10th, they'll take the trip up to Fullerton to play Cal State at uh, 2 p.m. Mountain Standard Time on Saturday. So as soon as we get more information on streaming, we'll, of course, let you Wildcat fans know. But... Uh, should know more in the next week on whether or not we'll be able to get a glimpse of any of those matches. So we'll wrap up Which the show. I hope we do. <laughs> yeah, obviously. Like we want to watch, right? Like it's been it's been super, super fun. And we had the, the advantage of, you know, hosting last weekend's tournament. So of of all the matches that got played, ours definitely got on ESPN plus, which was nice. because uh, we got our first look. If you couldn't make it to Swenson like me, I mean, if you could, just go there. <laughs> it's a good time. Oh yeah. And it's a total different environment. It feels great to watch volleyball from there. So uh, email us, weberstateweekly at gmail.com, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Twitter, and Patreon. Uh, and of course, the blog, weberstateweekly.com. I don't have anything planned for the blog quite yet, um, but I do need to make a content plan. So we'll try and get something up soon. Um, trying to do more video instead of writing. I don't know. You guys can let us know what you think. If you want to read more stuff or if you just want to watch a video, you can let us know. Um, Elena, appreciate you coming on again tonight and talking some volleyball. I uh, always appreciate your insights as a, as a former player uh, who has played for Maya in, in the Swenson and had the experience on the floor and just somebody who knows the game better than any of us. So appreciate you. It is my pleasure. Great talking to you. Great hearing from Sane. Lovely being here. Yeah. So we'll wrap up the show just like we always do. Weber State, Weber State. Great, great, great. Great, great, great. Go Wildcats. Oh!